Hi friends and welcome back to Murder Minded. We're going to close out this series today on unsolved transgender homicides in DC. And even if this is a remotely small podcast, I feel good knowing I've given some publicity to these cases and shared their stories. These two stories are a little bit different than the other three because they do have composite details of the suspects at the time of the murders, but they are a bit vague and there's no details that really make either of these suspects stand out. Today we'll be talking about Talia Mack and Lachey McLean. My sources for this episode are transtruecrime.blogspot, washingtoncitypaper.com, washingtonblade.com, homicidewatch.org, mpdc.dc.gov, Wikipedia, and NBC Washington 4. Unfortunately, like in the prior episode, there's not much known personally about either victim other than their deaths. There were two short videos on YouTube about Talia, and these videos unfortunately were in regards to her death. There was a vigil the following day, and there was video of her friends, family, and community members speaking at her funeral. Talia was killed on August 26, 2009, outside of the Transgender Health Empowerment Center, located in the neighborhood of Truxton Circle at 209 Q Street Northwest. This tragedy happened in broad daylight at 2.30 p.m. Talia and her friend were laughing at this daycare center that was being run out of a townhouse in the same neighborhood as the Transgender Health Empowerment. As they joked, there was a man standing on the steps outside of the house and heard the laughter and assumed that he was the one their laughter was directed at. The man yelled slurs to the two women and Talia yelled something back to him. Talia had an appointment at the Transgender Health Empowerment Center and her friend insisted she ignore the man and go straight to her appointment. It was too late and the man came up behind Talia, hit her first, and then proceeded to hit her friend when she insisted that he stop. The man next escalated the attack by stabbing Talia and her friend, and Talia was rushed to Howard University Hospital in Shaw and was pronounced dead shortly after arrival. Talia was only 21. Her friend did survive the injuries and eventually fully recovered. When this case was first reported, three local news sources apparently verified the victim's identity with police and were told the victims were two transgender males. DC police originally had told Fox 5 News that they came to the scene and discovered two male victims. Only the Washington Blade correctly reported the victim genders hours after the incident as the three other outlets reported within 30 to 45 minutes incorrectly about the victim's genders. A few articles also dead named Talia and called her Joshua Mack instead of her chosen name. The suspect in this case was reported as medium-complexioned male in his 30s, 5'10", with a thin build and dark hair. At the time of the offense, he was wearing a blue shirt, blue pants, and armed with a knife. The final unsolved transgender homicide in D.C. is Lachey McLean. Frustratingly, Lachey was deadnamed as well in posthumous articles and referred to incorrectly. On July 20th, 2011, Lachey was shot and killed in the 6100 Dick Street Northeast block before 4.30 a.m. after two men had approached her to ask a question 
and pulled out a gun and fired at her. She was taken to the hospital where she later died. Dick Street Northeast was known for being notorious for transgender prostitution, but I came across no evidence that Lachey was working as a sex worker on the night of her death. Lachey had been arrested the year prior, in 2010, on a misdemeanor charge of solicitation for prostitution on K Street Northeast. It is unknown if this homicide is connected to the sex industry at all. The same night, there was another incident in the 6200 block of Dick Street Northeast on the same night where a man had asked an unidentified victim for change and without warning pulled a gun. The suspect missed the target and then fled. It was unknown at the time if these two cases were related and the police had started to think that a pattern was emerging with these types of cases. The suspect in this case was reported as a 22-year-old brown-complexioned male approximately five foot seven and 150 pounds with short black hair wearing a brimless cap black shirt and blue jeans the suspect was armed with a handgun for this case for Lachey's case the metropolitan police department teamed up with prince george's county police department to help increase patrols in the area as well anyone with information is asked to contact police at 202-727-9099 or 1-888-919-CRIME. If you have any information regarding Talia's case, um, please contact 202-727-9099. Anonymous information can also be forwarded to the department's tip line by texting 50411. Now, before I want to end this episode, I wanted to share a little tidbit of knowledge I learned recently watching an episode of Nancy Grace. Now I know I feel like people don't people aren't a huge fan of Nancy Grace, but I do enjoy watching because she doesn't really hide her disdain for the criminals that she's talking about. And um I find it entertaining. So I do apologize in advance if there's any like laughing or uncomfortableness during this part because it it this just blows my mind and it makes me slightly uncomfortable. So there's an official term that's used to describe a person's interest and attraction to those who commit crimes. This is called hybristophilia. Now, I went down a whole rabbit hole about this term, and it's fascinating. So the reason that I mention hybristophilia is because this is 100% legit. Like, this is, I look it up, this is, this is, this is actually something that is currently happening. There's a woman in Kentucky who has publicly, on Facebook, revealed her attraction to the suspect in the Idaho quadruple homicide. She has made multiple postings on Facebook. She has gone as far (laughs) as to say that he is her, quote, divine male counterpart and that they are even astrologically compatible. Unfortunately, the saddest thing I learned through research is that she does have a 16-year-old son and people online are concerned for the well-being of her child, learning that his mother is in love with a potential murderer. Unfortunately, this is not the first time she publicly professed love for a murderer either, but we won't get into that. So I was also incredibly disheartened to learn that her and the suspect are both Scorpios. So I'm very much proudly a Scorpio. 
But these people I mentioned are November Scorpios. And clearly there is now an immense divide between the traits of October and November Scorpios. I'm slightly confused though because when I looked up their birthdays, they have the same birthday, seven years apart. Is that possible to be a perfect astrological match with someone who is the same sun sign? More or less the same birthday? Like, we get so much crap as Scorpios anyway. And, like, the second I think we've gained, like, an ounce of redemption, we just get pushed back. But anyway, I was just so baffled by this and how serious she is about it. But also slightly concerned because I just don't understand the logic of being attracted to someone who committed such a heinous crime. But... There's a forensic psychology professor who put together a list of reasons why these serial killer groupies, fans, whatever you want to call them, have admitted to marry or date serial killers. And I say plural because more than one of them has been romantically involved with these visitors in prison. So a couple of the reasons include low self-esteem and the lack of a father figure some believe they can change a man as cruel and powerful as a serial killer um like imagine thinking you could change like richard ramirez who unfortunately had loads of women visiting him and and even married one of them in 1996 um, part of me doesn't think you can change a man who yelled hail Satan in court and drew pentagrams on his hands, but that's, uh, that's on them. Others see the little boy in the killer that he once was and seeks to nurture him. A few hope to share in the media spotlight or get a book deal or movie. I mean, in that sense, you gotta be a patient human being. To consistently go through and potentially lead one of these people on to be able to have a story to tell and and make bank on. Ain't nobody got time for that. And then there's the notion of the perfect, quote unquote, perfect boyfriend. She knows where he is at all times. And she knows he is thinking about her. Well, she can claim that someone loves her. She does not have to endure the day-to-day issues involved in most relationships. There's no laundry to do, no cooking, no accountability to him. She can keep the fantasy charge up for a long time. Um, I don't know, kind of the thought of knowing that your boyfriend is in solitary confinement and only sees the light of day for an hour each day is kind of a little sad. <sighs> One last reason is some mental health experts have compared infatuation with killers to extreme forms of fanaticism. And I mean, we know how fanatic people are about celebrities. Um, I mean, you look at like Harry Styles fans are fanatic. Taylor Swift fans are too. Um, But it's kind of scary that the levels that some fans will go to and clearly there are some that are of serial killers which in itself is very disturbing 
So these mental health experts view such women as insecure females who can't find love in normal ways or as love-avoidant females who seek romantic relationships that cannot be consummated. Um, I also learned that in some places, if you are married and if you are in prison on death row, you cannot have conjugal visits. So depending on if you're one of these like love avoidant people, that might be up your alley. But, oh man. So listen, I mean, dating in DC and as, as a millennial is rough and can be intensely demeaning, but you will never catch me falling in love with a serial killer. And if you think otherwise, remember, I am an October Scorpio. Anyway, if you need a fun fact for a party coming up, there you go. Um, I'll be leaving the contact information for both DC police and also the um, Prince George County police in the description box just in case you have any tips, any information regarding Talia or Lachey. But until next week, stay murder-minded.